What's up, guys? Welcome to Geekdom Podcast and a very special episode here where we're going to be reviewing, man, the rise of Skywalker. I've been telling you guys the past couple episodes, I have my friend Jordan with me. Say what's up, man. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Um, so if you don't know or if you're new to the podcast, please make sure to subscribe for all Star Wars content. Um, in the Like, man, when we very I think it was one of the first episodes we did this i brought jordan on and we i think we did the the top 10 or 15 spider-mans or something like that i don't know it was definitely something spider-man related but it was fun and i'm glad to be yeah, back. yeah yeah and it, i don't know why it took this long to bring you back i don't i don't know why this is weird but um uh, jordan if you don't know this this guy's been a friend probably my best friend for like 10 plus years and nowadays you don't really have that so um this guy knows star wars we both know star wars uh we've been we've been watching it ever since we were kids when those the old vhs special editions the gold and silver <laughs> came real, out right? yeah we watched all the commentaries and so we're, we're star wars geeks and um uh, we wanted to do this episode, I think it was Friday, but it was just not going well um, on, on both ends. So we were wanting to give it a couple days until everybody got a chance to see it. Um, and I, I mean, just kind of before we kind of go into that. I have to be like have a transparent moment. One of the reasons, and and shout out to Star Wars Theory. Um, one of his recent videos, I think it was yesterday. I think it was, or this morning. I think it was yesterday. It was kind of like we were sharing the same heart because um, I called Jordan. We were actually going over the episode, and I was actually unmotivated because of just just everything that was happening on the internet with this movie with fans and um man this is like it, it, it's pretty much across the board straight down just like the last jedi but it was brutal man it was very very brutal and if you were with the movie you were being stoned if you were against the movie you were being stoned and uh i was on twitter just putting all this stuff out and just getting butchered because i enjoyed it which is gonna be a great episode because i i can say safely i enjoyed it but jordan hated it so before before we kind of go <laughs> it's a great into that difference of opinion it's a great I know, difference of it, opinion this this for all the fans out there we're, we're covering everybody so um that's why it's going to be really really exciting just to kind of this is going to be a review episode, but also we're going to be dealing with different interesting topics and going deeper into it because, again, it does go deeper. So, um, yeah, so let's kind of just start with just breaking down um, our reviews, what we took away, and then we can kind of nitpick all throughout. So, Jordan, why don't you kick it off? Um, what was your first kind of encounter what was your first takeaway from leaving because you saw it twice right yeah so i've seen it twice now i saw it thursday night and i saw it friday morning which was always sort of my plan i i kind of knew no matter whether i liked it or hated it whatever the case was i knew that my opinion would probably soften um and upon the second viewing because that's what happened with the last jedi that's what yeah. often happens for me with a lot of films that i watch um so walking out of the theater when i was coming out of it i basically thought to myself i hated it um, and I will say that once I watched it a second time, I definitely softened on that. I would uh, today, right now, the more that I think about it, the more that I um, have sort of rewatched Last Jedi again as well. I don't yeah. hate. I don't hate the Rise of Skywalker. There are some points that really disappointed me on it. I will say the two things that disappointed me the most overall was how they handled Luke. I'm talking <laughs> about in the Rise of uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Even though I know Luke is in there very briefly, I. I will get into more detail as far as like the specific lines of dialogue that I thought were absolutely a mistake to do and then in addition to how they handled Luke I thought just most of the way that they interjected Palpatine back into the canon and sort of the way that they brought him back without properly explaining it and also just to me it takes away a lot of the weight of the sequel trilogy to sort of root it back with the old bad guy i know some people will disagree with that i know that there is some question about the handoff between jj ryan and back to jj as far as maybe jj's plan was not to have to do this if snoke had been left alive um so there there is that question but just overall i think that the way that they utilized palpatine was was heavy-handed 
Um, I think I think there's some basic like plot point stuff that you might want to that that may, people may want to consider as far as um, Palpatine, Ray, the death of Palpatine, sort of what that really means, how it was played out. I didn't enjoy. Um, those are probably the two main things, right? Is that I feel like the way that they handled Luke was a direct attempt to subvert ryan johnson's subversion of our expectations for the last jedi that's 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 where i think my my primary um opposition there are some there are other things beyond that too i don't think poe and finn were handled very well i still think that ray's character is too static um you know etc etc there are a number of different things that i can get into that i didn't like but overall i my, my initial reaction was i strongly strongly disliked it and upon and upon the second viewing i'm like you know what I appreciate some of the loops that J.J. closed. I think he needed to close more of them, and he needed to not raise new questions, but I appreciate some of the things that he managed to wrap up, which I honestly thought were going to be very, very difficult for him to wrap up, like explaining Ray's past, etc. So, um, you were a lot more positive on it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, walking away from that movie, I was kind of like, okay, yeah, that was cool. You know, I I didn't go in there saying like, oh, this was horrible. You know, there there of course, there were moments in the movie where I go, oh no, that why? I mean, there there was those things that. Now again, I, I'm not saying I'm directly in the film industry, but I have a hand in there in the marketing level and i know what it takes to get into that editing bay and to sit there for hours weeks months at a time when you send different sequences into the 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 levels of producers and directors sitting there and you know they're marketing and bleeding all through it and one of those things that i'm thinking about when i see movies like this i go why did they put that little arc in finn and he, he, all throughout the film, he was trying to tell her something. We never got that. Like, we never found out what he was wanting to say. Did he like her? Was Finn going to tell Ray, hey, you know what? I actually, I'm, I'm gay and I like Poe. I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, so actually, that actually apparently has been um, revealed. Uh, I read this online. I don't know. I haven't had a chance to confirm this or corroborate this in any way. But apparently, someone, a fan, asked JJ at some Q&A that happened a couple of days ago, what what was Finn going to say? And JJ said he was going to tell Ray that he's force sensitive because they, they allude to that very strongly yeah, at the, at the end of the movie strongly. where Finn basically he can sense what's going on on one of the ships and is, I think any everyone in the crowd said oh wait he can does, can he use the force um, and that's apparently what he was going to try and tell her according to J.J. Abrams second hand yeah and again that, that's that's nothing really crazy to be introduced because we see that inkling even in the force awakens because i got that from the force awakens i said oh is he sensitive like it so are we going to have these like different um uh individuals that are very force sensitive in that way he's also oddly good with a lightsaber in the force awakens which i kind of didn't know what to make of it but he fights with the lightsaber kind of decently so yeah it was kind of weird because going into the force awakens i didn't really follow a lot of the marketing again this was a you know years ago when it came out but i'm like oh okay finn's gonna be the face of the franchise but then when when you see you know ray taking it i was like, okay but anyways that's that's here there but um walking away from it overall looking at it knowing that there's a bunch of holes there and there's a couple of things that like you were saying you know jj introduced things that should have been introduced in this type of film um some of the callbacks a lot of fan service in this um i walking away i'm like okay yeah that's this was a good film you know i enjoyed myself at the end of the day i enjoyed myself in the thing um so um yeah that's that's kind of like my takeaway but going from here now kind of breaking down like these scenes and moments um again ray being a palpatine I mean, for fans that are really big in the theory crafting world, like myself in this channel, I, I, I mean, I didn't want to, and, and I know Jordan wouldn't, would hate me forever if I did this before he watched the film. I wanted to send him, dude, I was right. You know, <laughs> and a lot of us were right. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. a lot, like a lot of the people like, you know, Star Wars theory and a couple other, uh, 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 these hardcore Star Wars fans that were putting these, um, theories together, like Mike Zero and all that on YouTube, shout out to them. Um, 
it, it was not too far-fetched. So it, I didn't go in there going, oh, you know, I, I didn't really have a lot of moments. I think... Um, I think the 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 moment with Chewie in the metal that was kind of like oh I didn't see that coming you know and that was kind of a fan service because again he never got a medal but if you want to be a historian back in the 94 or 96 MTV Music Awards he actually did get a medal um, <laughs> but because they gave it to him because uh, actually but, I, I also heard that I know and I'm not caught up with all of the new canon but I also heard that in one of the comic books or one of the novels that's considered part of the new canon that he had already gotten a medal for his actions on Yavin and so apparently some people were saying that maybe JJ just didn't know that or didn't realize it Chewie I so, would not be surprised some people <laughs> Were all, some people were also saying that she was giving him Han's medal as like a, you know, this belonged to Han, you should have it kind of a thing. Yeah, it could have been. Um, so there was that. That was really, that was not a shock. Uh, and I think they were really, I don't know, for me, they were kind of like, now I, I sound... My, my feedback, I sound like I'm not with this movie, but it's not like that. But it's just me just really breaking it down, guys. But with the whole Ray and Palpatine, they really sold it. They were really playing it close to the sleeve. And I think they could have been very more, they were could have been more creative in that. That's just me. Um, but I guess because going in, I already knew this was going to be, Ray was going to be a Palpatine. Um, yeah, I mean, I... I just I think they well, could also been... like I mean you, you you talk about like it was not a big like shocker for you because you kind of already knew you were in that scene of theory crafting and all that I was not and it still wasn't a big shocker for me like I was I was sitting there in the theater going like it was the it was the least amount of reaction that I possibly could have had I wasn't I wasn't annoyed by it it's not <laughs> that I didn't like it it's not that I was shocked it's not, it was nothing they just he said it and I was like okay like I guess that's the that's the answer finally. Yeah. And I just I, I I'll tell you about that moment. Here here's the thing that I realized recently. Um, coming like I said coming out of it, I just didn't have much of a reaction to it. But here's the comparison that I want to give to people. During the Last Jedi, when Kylo tells her, "You already know the truth. Your parents were nobody." They were nobody. They were nothing. They sold you for drinking money. And there's this huge reaction. I mean, Daisy Ridley does a phenomenal job in The Last Jedi and in this movie um, acting as, as Rey. And like that moment of Kylo telling her that her parents were nobody, that she's nobody, that she's nothing, when all she's wanted is to know the truth about her parents and to hope that she has some significance, that moment is so much more powerful of a moment than her finding out that she's a Palpatine. Because to, because to her as a character, like her character arc was she wanted to find meaning. That's why she attached herself. I mean, this is basically everything Kylo says in the movie, but it's why she attached herself to Han. It's why she attached herself to Luke. It's why she's, you know, even attached to the resistance. Like she's looking for a purpose and a meaning in her life. And she always attached that perhaps wrongly. Perhaps she put too much emphasis on who are my parents. That's going to tell me what my destiny is. And when Kylo shatters that, that's, that is the analog moment to lose. Luke being to, to Vader telling Luke that I am your father, right? Because Luke has that same idea of his father. Um, it's yeah, to me, that's it. That's that's the analog actually is that moment when Luke finds out that his father is not who he thinks he is. It shatters him and he has to sort of reassemble his own character arc for himself. That's what Ray has to do when Kylo tells her that her parents are nobody. When Kylo tells her that her that her lineage is through Palpatine, it's like. I don't think it has nearly as much of an effect on her, and as a result, it doesn't have as much of an effect on the audience. I think that, honestly, it's almost kind of like a wasted twist. That's interesting. Because, I mean, that, that's interesting that you say that, because to have a... An, because, it, again, it's both ends. Like, the, the what he says, with Kylo says in The Last Jedi, does have that type of effect that we love, that it's very, wow, like... Uh, I'm thinking I'm somebody and now I'm really nobody in this way. I I have no type of uh, relevance or importance. And then being in Rise of Skywalker, you're like, eh, just kidding, you know, you do it. But um, still with that, I still think that affects her because it's like, oh, crap, I'm a Palpatine. But now it's kind of like... (laughs) I am somebody, but now that's somebody I am, I don't trust. I can't trust myself because that's like the the overarching like little theme over her head through the movie. It's like, okay, people keep on saying they know me, but crap, now I know who I am. I don't trust myself. I'm scared of myself because of 
that, you know? So there's two different dynamics there between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. Um, but that's, of course, something that we can really break down. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, like, I think, I think you're right, too. Like, it, it does affect her, right? I mean, that's like finding out your grandfather is like, I don't know, like Hitler or something like that, yeah. right? Like, it's obviously gonna affect you, and especially considering she's having visions of herself turning to the dark side and all this other stuff. It does affect her. It's just also the fact that, like... I did. It feels like way more of a surprise what she learns in the Last Jedi, right? Because I didn't. I didn't see that coming. If there was actually one thing that I did not see coming after all of the theories of uh, she's going to be like Han and, and Leia's kid, or she's going to have some granddaughter Obi-Wan of like Obi Wan, blah blah blah, all that different stuff for him to say, yeah, it's actually nobody. It's nobody special. You're just a random person. That was the only thing where I sat there and going, you know what? That's the only thing I didn't think they were going to do. So I was genuinely surprised whereas for some reason even though that was said in the last jedi we all thought that they were going to reverse it in this one and they did so we were all waiting for that moment yeah yeah and 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 i think they did ryan johnson did a better job of building that because it was anticipated like okay we were going to find out who is she who's it nothing oh wow where this one's like uh we see what's going on, like especially for me, like in the opening dialogue, in the opening scroll, it's like Palpatine is. Oh, oh wow, okay, they, yep. okay. <laughs> I, I didn't think it would, they were gonna do it like that, but it, it was Same. still cool. It was still cool. Don't get me wrong, but t- even talking about him, so let's go into Palpatine. Palpatine being definitely OP in the Rise of Skywalker. Um, of course, there is so much about this character, guys, that they, he looked cool, don't don't get me wrong, but the development around him, so many questions. Now, again, I know, Jordan knows, some of those Star Wars fans that their, their, their um, fandom exists so much deeper outside of the uh, of the films of the trilogies and with the books and the comics and the tv shows and gaming and all that kind of stuff that we know that they're going to have novels coming out comics to explain it deeper yes we get it but there was so much questions and okay hold on he looks dope but how's he here like what's happening like how's he this powerful how's he still alive da, 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 da. you know all these questions were we're uh going in from last jedi to the rise of skywalker about snoke and what happened to snoke is he a clone i mean they were hitting you right in the face right in the beginning like boom here's a jar with a bunch of snokes you know but okay how's <laughs> yeah. he how is he still alive like what is this little holocron uh, what is that so uh, again like people like me when i'm seeing that i'm like oh okay okay great I, we get to see that on a cinematic level great but still going into the palpatine character i still think it was just v- very dark in dark meaning of like explanation they didn't yeah, do a lot it, they it's a problem for me right because uh, there's so many different questions like you said how exactly did he survive or no he didn't survive because at one point he even says i've already died and i didn't care for it or something like that so he died he came back to life like how did he get the ships like where yeah. did the ships actually come from and there's this one the second time i watched the movie i caught the line where they said um he's got followers etc who, who are on the who are on exegol who presumably have been building these ships for like the last 40 years because he's got thousands of them yeah and there's this novel actually two or three of them called the aftermath which that's that's the kind of things that happen like when he died there was those, all these followers now it doesn't go into exact detail because one of the things that i think this is just speculation Speculation that I think JJ was dabbling in was non-canon content where a book back into I believe the New Jedi Order kind of series that came out as a book series that came out it was very old like maybe like 90s something uh, maybe oh, if yeah. not. And, and, and he was uh, he cloned himself to kind of back of course that's not the case there but we knew that literally the guy from Lord of the Rings that character from the literally was saying what we were saying like he was controlling he was the puppet through all through all this time i'm like wow did he really say that dialogue like wow okay so he was the person that's controlling this he's this has been the chessboard all this time okay that's cool that's great but maybe open up the movie because i really thought jordan i really thought they were gonna do this 
there was going to be a point where Palpatine was going to have a long dialogue with, if it's not Kylo or Rey, where they were going to literally go back to the Empire, falling down, and they were really going to show us what happened. Now, there is theories that I've created along with a bunch of uh, Star Wars fans that he actually tapped into something into the dark side and literally has this had created this portal transport, uh, uh, you know, um, transporting to where he is now, but almost on his death bed in, in a way, you know, because, again, all what has ha- happened to him um, and that kind of transfer, that kind of transportation did a lot on his body in his life force, yada, yada, yada. That's just me. I literally thought they were going to go there. At least at least give some of it. Their decision on what they dive into and what they introduce in Rise of Skywalker, I go, man, we couldn't, you could have never closed the door on that and opened door more on Palpatine. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like... It, their their decision making sometimes were like oh man I wish they would have gave him a little bit more Palpatine I wish they gave a little bit more Force Ghost why couldn't we see why couldn't we just g- gave all those callbacks with that that one scene at the end where Ray is getting all the life force from all the um, different uh, Jedi's in history why couldn't we just put them in there uh, you know that, that's just, imagine if that was in there how many fans that could could have been like the defining moment you know maybe they didn't enjoy it but the third act comes in that scene and everybody loves the film we don't know yeah but I like that moment anyway, where where they got the uh, people are now referring to it as the voice, uh, the Force conference call or the Jedi conference call. Um, Like I kind of like that moment anyway. (laughs) Um, It's it's it is kind of that thing where towards the end of the movie, I'm not necessarily happy with everything that's going on, but from a fan service standpoint, I have to admit that was pretty cool. Yeah, Um, that was really cool. Just the thing with Palpatine again is just like the ships. How do they get built? Who's manning them, or are they automated? Like, are you telling me that these cult followers? are now like pilots and engineers and all the other people that you need to, to run um, Star Destroyers. Um, you and I have talked about this already, but the whole the whole Cats 22 situation of Palpatine so like let me let me try and like recap what this looks like to me as I'm watching this right first Palpatine says I want to kill Rey because she's the last of the Jedi we got to get rid of her and then Rey ends up coming to Palpatine he's like nah just kidding I don't want to kill you instead I want I want you to kill me strike me down and then I my spirit will basically pass on to you at that point I thought it was kind of weird that they just sort of switched it but I liked the fact that there was a catch 22 there I liked the fact that in that moment it seemed like he was forcing her hand and from a moral standpoint, because he's showing her the fleet getting destroyed and he's saying, like, look, there's no way your friends are going to win. Your only chance to stop this is to kill me and then have control over my my Sith armada or whatever it is. Um, so that was kind of interesting because there's a catch 22, right? She can't kill him, which was her which was her goal without him possessing her. But then, like, out of nowhere, <laughs> Kylo shows up, which is cool in and of itself, separately, and they start fighting all of his minions, and everybody loves that, like, it's a great it's a great fight scene and all that, but in my head, I'm going, like, but can they kill him, or can they not kill him? Because after they get through with beating all the minions, they're going to be in the exact same situation, the exact same Catch-22 that they were in before. And so, when, when they finally do that, and she's back face-to-face, um, or they're both face-to-face with Palpatine, I'm like, okay, what are they going to do? And then that's when he does the, you know, he acknowledges that they're a dyad in the force and that that's an incredible amount of power. He starts sucking the life out of both of them. And I'm sitting here going like, if he had the power to do that, why did he need Ray to strike him down initially? It just didn't make any sense to me. And then when he finally dies, when he finally dies, I'm sitting there going like, well, how come he doesn't possess her now? Just all of that mess to me just seemed like it was very poorly thought out. And just interjecting, remember one of the things that I, I one of those dull moments probably one of the stupidest ones that I felt was in the film where just what you were talking about the reason why I think they did it like that because remember the very first time that Palpatine sucked the life out of Ray it looked like he was like oh oh crap I, I just figured that out like it, it just it, 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 so that could that could have been the turner of the dialogue where it was right. like oh well well, I don't need her anymore then, um, because I've heard about this power. But wow, I didn't, that it even that right there, being the type of Sith Lord that Palpatine came from and is, that's not cool, man. That that's kind of like Luke in the Last Jedi made him very. Uh, 
like oh what am i gonna go in there with a lightsaber and i know you like <laughs> last jedi but those are one of those things where you know how you handled the character you're like this guy has been through the empire destroying them and all these things that happened before during and after post empire you're gonna make him look like that and you're gonna make him like and we understand like we see it in the marvel uh, arcs with Thor, which probably was some of his best arcs, because again, every part of his family dying has done a lot to him mentally. Doesn't matter how powerful he is, we get it. So on the Luke side, we get it. You know, we get the the dark side or the depression, should I say, in that way of like, man, I failed at this, I failed at this, I failed. At this. I'm not going to try anymore. Jedi need to die. Da, da, da. I get it. But when it comes to Palpatine, oh, oh, wow, I didn't know I could do that. Really, you didn't know you could do that. You know, if all the you have literally taken the, the all the lore, the Sith lore, and studied it and steal it, so you don't have anybody give you the one up on overdoing or overpowering you or killing you, assassinating you, all that kind of stuff. And even in the books where Luke has literally took a journal of Palpatine, so you didn't know that. So that's that. That was like a problem with me. Yeah, I'm like, mm, that's kind of like. Is he too? Did he die too much that he see now that he forgot he learned it? I don't know. <laughs> one too many times. Um, yeah, I mean, to, to to talk about Palpatine not knowing things. The other thing that really bugged me was the fact that we now know because it's explained right in the beginning of the movie that Palpatine has been in Kylo's head this entire time, right? So he was able to reach out to him through the Force wherever Kylo Ren may have been, right? Training with Luke, with his parents, somehow. Palpatine was able to communicate with him through the Force to talk to him directly and seduce him over to the dark side through Snoke. And then I just, I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that he couldn't find Rey. Like, how is it that he was able to pinpoint Kylo Ren and talk to him, but he was he was sending basically a Jedi hunter after Rey, can't find Rey, doesn't know where Rey's at. Why wouldn't he have just done the exact same thing with Rey? I, like, I, I couldn't, I could not figure out an answer to that. Yeah, and there's was one of those things that are just kind of like, it's very there's a lot of shadow around it there's a lot of dark there in, in the dark about it but um but going past that because again we can talk about a lot of things but again this is just we're just kind of doing our best job not to get off track because there's a lot to talk about with there's this film. a lot for real but um so snoke being a clone we got that um I, I, we, I, I just wish we could have got a little bit more um uh you know guys during you know Getting more context is very important in with these type of movies. So, guys, if you want to check out, I, I just posted an episode on the very first issue of the Rise of Kylo Ren, and they do a. Um, it looks like they're going to do a great job with giving a little bit of backstory with Snoke and Kylo, that relationship between that. Um, so go check that out. So uh, talking about, you know, different force powers that were being, really being introduced, which are co- kind of from the games and the books and stuff like that. It was really cool. Um, force healing, which is kind of from Jedi Order, I think. Uh, one of those games, I, for, uh, I forgot what it was. I feel like force healing has been around in a lot of, but more so in games, but I feel like it's been around long enough that when I saw it in the movie, I was like, oh yeah, of course, force healing. Like, why not? Also, we see it in The Mandalorian too. Recently, yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. So um, let's talk about, uh, you know, Organa um, dying and how they did that, which again, they did that very well um, using old her old footage and kind of like transitioning her. Um, I'm thinking on a creative level on this guy's, even though you might have said, oh, pff, you know, of course they're going to kill her off and stuff like that. But think about the position this production had to ha- do that and how well they had to do that. Kudos to them. I, For me, they did that really well. So in that predicament organa dying to give ben that way back that whole scene let's talk about that because i thought that was a very interesting interesting scene um uh you have anything before i go into it or yeah okay so just first of all i will say this on on a quick production note of it i thought they did a great job using the b footage from her before that that way they did not have to do the full cgi thing which i don't think people would have appreciated too much for a variety of reasons um so i appreciate the fact that they did it however i felt like i could tell and I know it's I know it's unfair because obviously I know that they did it. I, I was looking for it, but every time someone was talking to her, you could you could tell. I don't know if that's just as a writer or whatever it is. You can tell they really had to write everyone else's dialogue in a very specific way to take the lines of dialogue that Carrie Fisher had already recorded and make it fit. 
some of the stuff about like never underestimate a droid, even though I appreciate how many times they work that in, including later on, it was like, I can kind of tell that they're recording around the footage they had of her. So I thought, I was like, I appreciate the fact that they did it, but I'm not sure that I loved it. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, I, I can, I can see that. I uh, definitely agree with that. But, um, uh, I think that whole scene and there's a lot of i don't say controversy but there's a lot of i don't know what the how to say it but the whole scene where ben turns back to the light and there is also like a subtopic that i want to do another episode about and jordan and i kind of talked about it when we were in prep for this episode where uh kylo ren Ben slash Ben Solo not being a Sith. He was not a Sith, but he's a, he was a dark Jedi because no one kind of trained him. Now, Jordan, made, you make, make a great point because he mentioned, well, Snoke trained him, but Palpatine was controlling Snoke. So in a way, in a very weird Avatar way, he could have been a Sith, you know, training him. But again, looking at all the signs even though he gave himself to the dark side the inquisitors gave himself to the dark side but they weren't sith you know uh, darth vader when he was training the inquisitors never knighted them never made them sith in that way even though they have a red lightsaber and even though they put all their anger and fear and all that into that crystal to make it bleed does not mean you're a sith i'm sorry but i want to make that going in because how quick Ben switched, how quick he had the powers to heal himself and not heal himself, I'm sorry, but uh, transfer the healing to Ray at the end of the scene. So, you know, giving that life to her, yeah, it makes sense when he's a dark Jedi, you know what I'm saying? Like, so going to that scene on uh, one of the planets, uh, one of the moons, was it on one of the moons of Andor or were they on Andor? Like, okay, so um, there's that fight scene between uh, Kylo and Rey, uh, you know, and, you know, they're, Rey, I mean, Rey's, Rey was really cool in this film um, and uh, everything that she was doing uh, to me. And, uh, you know, with that last reach out of Organa, giving all of her life force out there to call Ben back, Ben turns kind of looking towards that direction gives the one up for Ray to make her stabbing <laughs> uh, uh, jab at him, putting his lightsaber through him right there. Everybody's thinking, holy crap, he's dead. But Ray kind of heals him, brings him back. And right there, you already know. And we were even talking about breaking down Adam Driver's acting in this scene. You literally switch of a character from dark to light. You see that. And um, wow, what a scene. Before Ray takes off in his um, TIE fighter, he gets up he's healed he tosses his lightsaber but there's this one scene where han comes back that is probably and i know i said uh, a shocking moment with chewy that right there i had not one bit on my spe spectrum i did not know they were going to bring him back and do that a lot of people were saying that was a force ghost guys come on I've said this on my Twitter. That was not a force ghost. That was inside Ben's head. That was a memory. But that scene was a really, really cool scene to me um, with, you know, Organa giving his, her last, um, um, you know, life force. Yeah, it, it, it was fantastic. I mean, I, I loved, well, I loved the Han scene, right? The thing about Kylo for me, though, is I feel really conflicted about Kylo's redemption back to the light. I think I think Kylo Ren is probably my favorite character out of all of the sequel trilogy. I think he's the most interesting. And I love the fact that I, I didn't know what the end of his arc was going to be, right? Like, I, I wasn't sure if he was just going to die as the villain, or I kind of thought maybe he might turn to the light in a way that Vader did, kind of at the end of Return of the Jedi, just before dying in some sort of sacrificial way. I didn't know how they were going to play him, and I'm still not quite sure how I feel about it with him coming back to the light. On some level, I like it because it's more like a happy ending for his character. I want him to be, you know, kind of like the true last Skywalker, right? Like the last of the Skywalker bloodline coming back to the light, all that all that cool heroic stuff. But then from like a storytelling purity standpoint, 
there's a part of me that really feels like he needs to sort of, he kind of did need to die as a villain or stay evil. And the reason for that is because otherwise that moment in The Force Awakens when he kills Han Solo kind of doesn't mean anything anymore, right? Because that was supposed to be the defining moment. Like, you cannot come back from this. You were were about to kill your own father, and not just kill your own father, but specifically kill your own father with the intention of doing it to completely give yourself over to hate and evil, right? Like, if I can kill my own father, I'm truly the most evil bad guy that I can possibly be. And, like, if if you actually set that up for a character, I kind of feel like you have to stick with it because otherwise that's not the freaking point of no return it's just like one other bad thing he did and if he's really sorry for it and he can come back to being a good guy which i'm like it kind of takes all the punch out of it i don't know if you felt the same way like i was as a fan i was like all right he's back he's got the blue lightsaber he's got his his grandfather's lightsaber this is cool but in my head i'm going okay so that moment in force awakens now basically means nothing yeah, and I did see that, and I don't know, and being that J.J. did both of these, and he kind of set that up, I don't know if it's something that he forgot, but um, but it does it does leave kind of like, okay, did he, they did they just retcon that in in, in a way? Uh, but it was it, it was cool to see him, but I don't think because we never seen that type of transition on a cinematic level of that person coming being that so deep into the darkness and going into the light but we have to also understand how much snoke slash palpatine was in his head leading him to do those things and to cloud him in that way so that we have to also understand that because again how much was kylo how much was that of him how much was it uh was it 2030 of kylo and the rest of snoke or, or slash palpatine you know so we have to understand and the power that palpatine had through snoke think about of, I believe in the opening of The Last Jedi, how across, I don't know if it was uh, wherever the, the rest of the First Order ships were, where Snoke was, to be able to chokehold him and slam him to the ground. You know, um, yeah, I forgot what his crazy. name was. Oh, it was Hux. It was Hux when he just, just throws him into the ground, which is such a, it's weird to say that it's a funny moment because it's brutal, but everybody laughs when that happens. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the kind of thing where it's like, okay, if, so, just to die, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but the Palpatine have that much power through Snoke. Why doesn't he do other things like you know to to move the marker to move? Is he playing chess that well? You know, so that's that's something I'm just thinking about. But overall. Uh, I think seeing that transition from light to dark to dark to light, we didn't, we haven't really fully gotten, and we were kind of rushed. I'll I'll say this, at the Return of the Jedi, um, we kind of we were forced that at the end with with Darth Vader coming back. Oh yeah, he's back. Okay, he's dead. Okay, we're burning him. You know, I think it was, it was <laughs> I think it was funeral. really we didn't get the full extent of that. Now again, cinematically, not cinematically, but uh, cinematography. the cinematography and the acting is probably the best it's ever been in a star wars trilogy but storytelling of course that's that but um because adam driver i don't think now somebody made this point the other day on twitter we were talking that if ray was casted as a um uh, african-american some some actress she was kind of throwing out i was like oh we would have probably gotten a way better performance i'm just putting that out there i don't know if that's controversial but i think that would have been really cool to see um because kind of going throughout the the scale and the pace of the film with ray and i'm gonna say all characters it was just a real roller coaster Okay, so when somebody was saying that to me the other day, I was like, hmm, I was thinking about it. I was like, what if Ray was a different actress? You know, how would that have been? Because I can't picture no Adam Driver, nobody else playing Kylo. That was made for Adam Driver. But I can really see different people playing Ray. That's just me. You know, I really like Daisy Ridley as Ray. I mean, and I know you do too, but it's just like, could I imagine someone else's Ray? Yeah, of course, I can always imagine someone else's Ray, but I just think. 
Daisy Ridley, what, here's what I think Daisy Ridley really brings to the character. She brings a sort of like effervescent kind of like energy to the pluckiness of Ray. Like I think that, I think there's sort of like a real, um, how do I put this? It's like a rough and tumble, can do attitude that's on the page for Ray, right? So if you look at Ray as a character, the way that she's written, she's a scavenger. She's sort of lived in this rough environment, growing up on Jakku. Um, even as a Jedi, she's a little rough around the edges in a good way. Do you know what I mean? Like she's she's very capable, even even if she didn't have force powers. I would say. Um, that's all great, but the part of it that doesn't exist except for in Daisy Ridley's performance is like, she just has like a likable face. Do you know what I mean? Like she's got that smile, she's got that energy, she's got that, whereas I think, I mean, some people accuse Ray of this anyway, of like Ray is too arrogant or whatever as a character. I don't see that. I don't. I kind of don't buy that criticism. And I think a large part of that is actually because of Daisy Ridley. She's very, very likable on screen. And I, that's why I kind of feel like she is the perfect counterbalance her energy as an actress is the perfect counterbalance to how confident maybe pushing near cockiness that ray's character is on the page so that's the only reason why i would say it's got to be daisy ridley um so trying to like finish this all this because i just i mean we can talk about the cameos great cameos in here um williams had a cameo which i think that was the only cameo he's ever done in star wars i'm not sure maybe that i was wrong with that but so many big uh cameos in the movie we can go about that but i really wanted to get into probably one of the biggest things i wanted to cover on this review um i think we did a good enough job with covering pretty much the key points i mean we know that ray being a palpatine at the end of the film ray adopted the name uh, skywalker a lot of controversy on that a lot of people didn't like that but being that just like the point that you were making even if like if you were a hitler and you had a point where another family kind of somewhat maybe raised you because organa did kind of was the master of her and we did see some callbacks uh, of Luke, probably the only callback, which was weird because I thought we were going to get more of Luke in Leia training, and she was a Jedi. She did have a lightsaber. Um, kind of like there, that's one of those things that we they kind of introduce, and you're like, oh, okay, I guess. Um, so at the end of the movie, uh, Ray buries those two lightsabers at a very o- iconic uh, place in um, um, where Luke was raised, where we were seeing in the very uh, in the very first trilogy as well as to, um, the prequel trilogies and burying it into the sand and then ray constructs her own lightsaber which i think is made out of um, parts of her staff um in a very uh, yellow um color of uh, of, a, of a saber which i think is a jedi sentinel um and somebody asks her you know who you are who, who are you you're ray i'm ray ray skywalker because before she says skywalker she looks at uh, luke in uh, leia's force ghost which i think should Although everybody should have been there, but that's just me. Okay, I wanted to say that to kind of get out of the way. I think both of us will will agree with that. We were like, mm, okay, whatever. Um, but I did. I I wanted to get to this. I think this is the biggest thing to talk about. And this is not just about Rise of Skywalker. This is not about uh, the Last Jedi. This is about the whole franchise as as a whole. Okay, I did want to talk about this. And I want to try to wrap this up in ten minutes. We were talking about this, Jordan, and comparing it to Marvel, you know, I want to make this point. I think the reason why we have this type of aftermath, pretty much every single Star Wars movie that has ever come out is because what was like the overarching spirit that's over the franchise. Now, let's take a look a moment. I know this is a Star Wars review, but let's take a moment and look at Marvel. Let's look at Stan Lee as a person and and the character and heart over his company. You never really see him pissed off. You never see a leak video, anything like that. And that spirit is real over a company. You know, it, it really it, it's you can feel it. You felt you you see it in Apple when Steve Jobs was there. You, it, it, guys, it's it's real, right? So when we see that, and we see over every single Marvel movie that is being made, and it doesn't matter if you're you can say, well, they're getting boring. I don't get it. Da da da. da. It's doing its job, and it's making people happy. The same spirit that Stan Lee had, just telling great stories, and just having people find themselves in these characters, right? Stanley, all the way down of the right people in the right seats, were putting the right type of storytellers, the right type of directors, and at the end of the day, they were fans of the material. 
Okay? When we go look at Star Wars, being the type of person George Lucas was, two different type of people, two different type of hearts, two different type of minds. You can even say Stanley was very ex- external and Lucas would be in very internal, you know? And that w- it was is not the same spirit. You know, and going into the last type of runs, the last type of years, going into before he retired, the fandom was getting to him. You know, that type of irritation and some might say just throwing it away and saying, I don't want this no more. People feeling that. And I'm thinking that's why we have the type of fandom that we have on Star Wars because of this. Two different types of spirits, like two two different types of people that have founded this thing. And now we have a bunch of people that are not really sold out fans. Now, I'm not talking about The Mandalorian because that's going to be like a new phase of Star Wars because we have people that are loving and grew up with this material, directing and writing it. We see the difference. So I wanted to put that on the table, not only for Jordan, of course, but for you guys to hear that and say, what do you guys think about that? Because when I think about that, that is like, that's something that's a very weird analytic. That's a very weird statistic that's so true across the fandom. I mean, so here's what I would say, right? Here's what we know that George Lucas has said about why he sold the movie, right? He said, I'm 70 years old. I'm getting, I mean, it's going to take me 10 years if I want to do another trilogy. You know, I don't know if I'm going to make it to 80 even, you know, honestly, just right, like 70 to 80, that's, he's getting up there in years. He wants to focus more on his kids. And if he is going to do anything with movies, he said he wanted to finish doing experimental weird stuff that's not Star Wars. So at least that's what he said about why he, now, of course, do I think personally that the, that the ire of the fans and the way that he's been treated by the fans has maybe helped influence him to being a little bit discouraged and and committing another decade of his life um, to a trilogy? Yeah, probably. But at least as, at least as far as the official record of what he said, he just said, hey, I want to spend more time with my family and I'm getting too old to spend 10 years making another three movies. Um, and then also, you know, it's like $4 billion doesn't hurt if you're going <laughs> to, if you're going to, if you're going to sell all that stuff. So um, I don't know. I think, I think the fandom can be kind of rough, but I do also think it's a little bit, um, there's a little bit of a selection bias in the fact that, you know, we all, we all, are you know we all post this stuff and we put out this content on social media and there's a certain faction of people who are very loud on social media but when you go out and talk to people face to face and you just ask your friends what do you think of the movie they go oh yeah man that star wars movie was cool you know that's that's what normal people just kind of say about it like that that really angry group of people is mainly kind of on twitter and facebook right like so i think it can be a little bit overblown but i don't know i i just i hope that from the creator standpoint Ryan Johnson, right? I mean, Ryan Johnson is supposedly going to be working on his own original trilogy within Star Wars. And sometimes that's, you know, you see a news story where maybe it's in question, maybe it's canceled, just so everybody knows as of right now, it's not canceled. He's still working on it. But um, you hope that none of these creative people, these writers, these directors, everybody, actors, you hope that they're not dissuaded. You hope that they're not discouraged from working on Star Wars because of something like that, because you want these creative talent people to feel like it's a fun place to come and make pretend and tell stories and I think the, the the tables are shifting and being people saying, oh, it's it's Star Wars is dead. Disney killed it. I don't think that's the case. I think now they're they're finally getting it the, the right formula and the right equation. Uh, and due to how the successful Marvel is, because we have some of the people coming over from them and it's not like a Apple Samsung thing like, oh, Samsung stealing this. No, no it's I don't I think it's a very good move because, again, they're own, both owned by Disney. And I think that is the right move is because you got John Favreau, you got so many people in position and doing right things. And Mandalorian, probably one of the most number one TV shows right out right now. And with one character, Baby Yoda, literally did some sort of redemption to the whole fandom. So I think... I, Here's what I would say, just like that one thing that we, what I want to say about when people say, is Star Wars dead or whatever? First of all, absolutely not. That's crazy. But here's what I hope is dead. Here's what I hope is dead. I hope we're done trying to make Star Wars live up to the past. 
like with, with when you see the Mandalorian and when you think about potentially Ryan Johnson's new trilogy, what I hope is dead is treating Star Wars as though it's something that needs to match or synchronize with stuff that's 40 years old. Let's treat Star Wars as a new thing from now. Yeah. And that's one of the things I did, did probably only hear me say this once in a lifetime where I uh, agreed with Kennedy and Bob Yeager that like we're trying to move away from that and and we're not going to get a trilogy for a very long time but we're going to get those solo films in that way standalone films in that way um not so not saying standalone they're still going to connect but um just getting away from like the luke skywalker the the, the, getting away from that because there's so much great content to tell especially in the old republic and um yeah so there, there's a lot coming and i i've said this for years now that disney plus will save this franchise and we have so much great content coming for star wars and the franchise as well as you know uh, uh um obi-wan series we got the mace window series we got a couple um uh, characters coming out of uh, rogue one that's getting their own series you know there's so much great content to come and yeah it, it, I think we are uh, on the up and up for Star Wars fans and the franchise. I really think in the next five years, even two, that things are going to shift. So, guys, with that being said, I want to wrap it up. Again, man, thank you, Jordan, for just taking this time. I know we can we can talk forever. We do this every freaking day. Yeah, this is fun. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, and, and guys, I really wanted to open that to you guys. Hit us up on Twitter on the Geekdom Podcast um, and find us. And, uh, uh, you know, we're throwing out questions. We're throwing that stuff out. What did you guys think about what we've talked about? If it's the rise of Skywalker, did you like it? Did you hate it? Um, did you like The Last Jedi? Um, the things that we put out there, even the last things that we've just said in this podcast, talking about, you know, the franchise. What do you guys think um, is the future of this franchise? Are you leaving Star Wars forever because of this? I don't think that's ever a case. That's kind of weird. Like, oh, this movie's so bad. I can't watch this no more. I've never seen that before. But, um, but yeah. Guys, thank you for taking time out of y'all's busy days to hear us geeks just geek out about this stuff, guys. Um, We love having you. Thanks for stopping by. Enjoy your day. Peace.